me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Welcome in to episode 10 of the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Guys, we made it to episode 10. Double digits. It's impressive. Yeah, man. What we're talking about. I love it. I'm so happy we made it to double digits, you know. If you told me a year ago I'd be producing a sports podcast, I would have not believed you, but now here we are today. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it, it was me and Tyler, and then Tyler You're was welcome, like, hey, Matt. I got a friend that, you know, would be interested in doing this, and we did our Zoom, our uh, Facebook Lives, and mm-hmm. I mean, here we are now. And yep, here we, we did our now. time on Facebook <laughs> yeah, Live, we, we did the time. We're uh, only going up from so, here. So, hey, uh, college football, first and foremost, I do want to talk about Actually, this weekend, there's no Alabama game again, yeah, which is kind of disappointing. They're running. LSU They're is running. They are scared. Them mm-hmm. After saying they'll play us on what? a football field or anywhere, like, any a, place. Like, a, like a plane or something, like midnight, you know. Yeah, which it was all just jargon. It was all lies, deceit. Ed Orgeron is scared. He is running scared with his gravelly okay. voice. To, to be fair, though, like, I don't know. Obviously... I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. They literally had their 30-year-old punter and playing backup quarterback in practice. (laughs) Ed Ogeron did say that that was one of the best practices of the year I saw. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he's better than Miles Brennan. Uh, I mean, it's not not that hard. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But anyway, I just wanted to point that out because I'm disappointed. Yeah, we'll dive into that more later too, but that's definitely, you know, the forefront. So some games that happened last night. I actually want to start with one that's not on our list because I don't yeah. know if you guys saw the Maction yesterday. I did Western not. Michigan. Uh oh. Um, Maction. Drop some Maction on us. Tyler. It was Western Michigan and someone Toledo. Oh my I think. gosh. <laughs> uh, what a Blaking. What a matchup. Yeah, Western Michigan football. They I must believe have it was Toledo. Good. No, it was Toledo. <laughs> it Tyler wasn't though. Remember. So really, Toledo had a ninety-nine point seven percent chance to win the game with a minute left. So they're essentially the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, basically. Western Michigan drove down the field, got to like the five-yard line with 20 seconds left. They fake spiked it. Oh. And Toledo thought they oh, were going wait, for yeah, a real Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Remember, 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 the guy, fake spike, the Toledo, the Toledo defender. No, it was worse than Dan Marino. Dan Marino, really? the cornerback, actually like kind of caught on and was just late. Toledo <laughs> literally didn't line up a guy within 10 yards of the receiver. <laughs> the receiver just like ran straight and turned around and stood there, and there was no one within 10 Can yards. you imagine if the receiver just... Drop dropped it. I, oh my god! I feel god. like if I was that I would, receiver, mm. I would be so scared. Sometimes it's, it's easier to catch the balls that are contested because yeah. nobody's expecting you to catch exactly. them. Exactly. When you're, you're in the end zone all alone and people are just watching you and catch the catch football to win the game, I would 100. Yeah. It's like free throws. Myself. Like free throws on the line. You know, if you're winning by one point in the third yeah. quarter, it's different than if you're down. Or sorry, if you're down by one point in the mm-hmm. third quarter, but it's uh, different if you're down by one point in the, the fourth. Because yeah. in the fourth, like you're like, oh. Easy, but then the pressure of the game is on you. Yeah. You know, you make this free throw, you tie the game. It's 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 a different circumstance. It's about like what's going on in your head. And I wonder, like that receiver was probably thinking, "Oh dear God, please don't drop this." Yeah, and they needed yeah. the touchdown too. They <laughs> were down Mary. by Full six, agrees. I believe, or five. 
I don't know. Yeah. They won by they ended up winning by three. So well, good good on them. But yeah, he was wide open and they just kind of dropped the he lofted it super hard too. If there's anyone within like ten feet of them, they probably could have intercepted <laughs> yeah. it. But he was just so wide open and it, it was that. beautiful. But diving back into last weekend, which we had so yeah. many good games. Um not even I mean, a lot of them weren't ranked matchups. They were just a ranked team versus an unranked team. Mm-hmm. And the first game that happened, I think it was Friday, is BYU played Boise um, State, and they yep. put the absolute beat down on they them. Like, the I was expecting down. this, but I wasn't expecting it to be 51-17. to 17. Yep. Yeah. Zach Wilson's looked really, really good, getting a lot of hype. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the third quarterback gone instead of Trey Lance mm-hmm. this season. This yeah, year. I wouldn't be surprised either. And I think it, it's just because the fact that Trey Lance, as good as he was last year, didn't throw a single pick. I think yeah. it was 28 touchdowns zero interceptions only got to play one game this year and he didn't look great look, i think he would have been better great. off if he didn't play this year honestly yeah probably. i don't know about that because it, it was not he he did some things well in that game he had to yeah. knock off the rust it, i do think it was very strange that they played one game mm-hmm. but i do agree with you i mean we always talk about recency bias and if you have zach wilson right zach wilson yeah from mm-hmm. byu balling out mm-hmm. um he might overtake Lance. I wouldn't be surprised at all, to be honest yeah. with you. And I saw today, um, they're starting to, you know, I'm always looking at draft articles and mock drafts. A lot of um, analysts are starting to say that, I mean, watch out for him being a, a top five, top 10 pick, which is insane. Yeah. And like, that's the thing about drafting is inevitably there's always a couple guys that are like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. There's guys that like Joe Burrow, for example. I mean, granted, he's looked good. There's no way he would would have been a number one pick had he not had that like amazing year, you know. Yeah, it's if he, all if he had left after his first year at LSU. Yeah, I don't know, like a fourth round. I don't know if he would have. He'd got, be bagging like, groceries at Publix. No, so, not necessarily. He might have made like a nah. Yeah, he, not, worst case scenario but, for him, he would have made a practice squad. But like, no one yeah. could have seen that coming. Yeah, every year there's a couple of people that like get super jumped up because of what they did like recently, and yeah. I think that Wilson's going to be one of them for better or for worse. And that's why. It's so I was so happy that we were going to have a football season this year because, mm-hmm. you know, it meant a lot to Joe Burrow. You see how his life changed just from playing one year. Mm-hmm. And I know we're having some, tro- some trouble right now in our own conference dealing with COVID, but just yeah. the fact that we were able, to, were able to have a season and assuming, you know, there's been some bumps along the way, plenty of them, but I'm assuming that we'll be able to finish the year out strong and crown a champion. I think it's going to change a lot of, you know, a lot of these college kids, a lot of their lives yeah. for the better. Well, yeah. and that's what I, I was saying, too, when we were talking about whether the season was going to happen at all way back when. I said to the people like Penny Sewell, to the people like Jamar Chase, it doesn't really matter, yeah, Trevor Michael Lawrence. Parsons. But someone like Zach Wilson, who would have been a third, fourth round pick and then now is like in contention for a top five pick because yeah. of this season. Yeah. It's, it was such a fortunate thing that we do have this season at all. And now the season could end today, and he's still moved his draft stock up so much yeah, already. His draft stock has jumped incredibly by playing this one year. Yeah. He looks so good. And I just want to say, I so far, looks like I was right about him. Yeah, I want to talk about BYU a little bit. A lot mm-hmm. of people are putting them in their college football playoff because they're undefeated right now, and they're expected to win out. You're shaking your head. I, I'm with you. I just I don't see it. I mean... They're a worse version of UCF, and you know we had that yeah. argument. They're a worse like Notre Dame as well. Yeah. I mean, Not- Notre Dame is not a great example now because they just beat Clemson. But mm-hmm. every other yeah. year, Notre Dame 
would be they beat up on all the bad teams, lose to the good teams, and that's exactly what BYU is in my Nobody, mind this yeah. year. Nobody wants to see BYU in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, maybe pe- BYU. People might want to see well, Zach Wilson in the mm-hmm. playoff. That's the question mark. It's not necessarily about whether or not people want to see BYU at this point. Every team is as good as their star player in terms of marketability. Zach Wilson is becoming marketable. Yeah, People are yeah. starting to hear about this kid. He's starting to make noise. People might want to watch him play. The baby-faced assassin. He does look like he's like 12. It's amazing. I remember you brought that up, and <laughs> you you knew more about him than I did a couple weeks ago, and I really started to do my nerd draft research. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I knew a lot about him because he was a name getting thrown around on like the Vikings forms and stuff like that a lot because that was back when we were losing. And now people are back on the train that we're a playoff team yeah. at no. three and five. <laughs> hey, uh, actually, the NFL did accept a 16-team playoff. They adopted that if the season were to end early because of COVID. Wow. So there'd be okay. eight, I don't think eight teams from each. I think it could happen. I mean, you see mm-hmm. every week it seems like more and more people are getting added to the COVID list, and there's already a couple of games that have been. Yeah, but they come back, I mean, pretty I quickly and we'll see. don't have any issues. But, but even, even without, there's still seven teams in the playoffs from each side this year yeah. instead of six, so there's yeah. a chance. Now, in terms of uh, Zach Wilson, do you think that there's reasonably a chance that he might steal this Heisman? Because he's inter- like he just passed uh, Najee Harris and Derek King of Miami. So No, I think Derek King was a guy that was only on the list because he was supposed to be a Heisman candidate preseason. Okay. He's been good, but also they have two or three losses or whatever it is Miami does now. Yeah. And he hasn't looked like amazing. He's looked good, but he hasn't looked Heisman good. Yeah. And I don't think... I don't think Zach Wilson has a chance unless they miss several games to pass Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones or any of the, or even like Kyle Trask who's doing it in the SEC. Especially because Alabama and Clemson are going to be in the playoffs. And, you know, we just talked about hypothetically BYU being the fourth team, but it's not going to happen. And I don't know. For all the hype Zach Wilson's getting, Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence are getting just as much hype as specifically Mac Jones. Yeah. uh, well, now here's the question, though. Reasonably, if Notre Dame wins out and Clemson also wins out, does Notre Dame get in over Clemson? Well, because, they're going to play each other in the. In well, that's the true. That's true. That, that's going to be, and that's going to be a, you know, a beatdown because it's not just Travis yeah. Etienne getting headhunted now. It's you know, I mean, DJ. Uwagalele. Um, I need to like look at his name. If I can look at his name. Uwagalele. Uh, it's DJ Uwagalele, and if he. Like he was playing well, but obviously, like he 450 yards, two touchdowns. You didn't put the ball in the end zone as much as you could have. Mm-hmm. I want to see what Trevor Lawrence can do against Notre Dame because if Notre Dame comes out head hunting again, that's going to be fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. Do you think that game would have been different? That you think Clemson would have won if Trevor Lawrence had played? I think there's a very realistic chance of that because Trevor Lawrence just made like Uyunglele is very good. Yeah, but Lawrence is yeah, you know. It can see he's pretty and, much transcendent. And like, you can, I mean, it goes both ways. You could say, oh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't play defense. Yeah, that's exactly but what I would say. But there's a lot of throws that, yeah. you know, DJ missed that Trevor Lawrence would have made in his sleep just because. Yeah. I mean, that's not a knock against DJ. It's just the fact that Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. Sweeney also said after the game that he's been dealing with a shoulder injury since, like, before yeah, he I became a starter. Also, I do want to point out the last time a person won the Heisman and didn't make the playoffs, just from my quick little uh, research. Lamar Jackson, probably. Oh, I guess Lamar Jackson. And then before that, Johnny Menzel. Yeah, Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, so Lamar Jackson, Johnny Menzel were the only two in recent memory that didn't make the playoffs. 
are you guys sold on Travis Etienne? Because from what I've seen the last couple of weeks, he hasn't looked all that great. I mean, he had like one bad game last week, and it. I mean, I st- he still has all like the 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 values of a good running back. But are you yeah. taking him over Najee Harris? All by going into this season, I definitely would have said yes, a hundred percent. But now Najee's looked really good, and He's Clemson complete like, to Travis Etienne's credit. They like especially with DJ in there, they've been yeah, able to key in on the, the run stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Najee, even when they know they're running, he still gets like five, six just, yards every time. He's the complete package, too. That, I mean, he and also like Najee Harris is what makes the Alabama offense go round because if you watch the, the break, soul, yeah, if you watch the breakdowns, the entire reason why a lot of the throws at Mac Jones, the the uh, entire reason why Mac Jones has a very good downfield percentage is because Big all camp. of his downfield throws come off of play action. Yeah. And when you fake a handoff to Najee Harris, both safeties are staring him down. Yeah, it's, And Mac just rolls out to the side, and he's got one of our speedy guys going down the sideline wide open. Mm-hmm. And the plus with Najee is that because he's a bigger running back, mm-hmm. is he can pick up the blitz and, I mean, exactly. give Mac plenty yeah. of time to throw the ball. Not that, you know, he needs too much more with our offensive line, yeah. but just having an extra guy as a lead blocker right in front of you, picking up the blitz at, what is yeah. he, like 6'2", 225? He's huge. And, like, I'm, here's the weirdest thing about it. Najee Harris might be like the best receiving back in the class. Like yeah. that's and the ET, weird. Part. That was supposed to well, be that ETN. was ETN's thing too. Yeah. But like you know, I would Najee take- Harris is like the dude makes tough catches. Like he's not a traditional big running back. He just goes out and has you know hands made of bricks. Yeah, but you can run him in between the tackles. too. You can run him he's, in between the tackles. You can run him outside. He's got the patience. Like I don't, he doesn't have like Le'Veon Bell level patience, but he's yeah, very I, patient. There are very few weaknesses in his game to me yeah. when I watch him just because like you said he's getting out of the backfield as a pass catcher he picks up the blitz well he's got he big hurdle he's, he's got the moves he's, he's got just, like big boy speed too like he's got the yeah. Derrick Henry speed he's, it doesn't look like he's Derrick going Henry, fast but less powerful and a better receiver so like he's not almost not Derrick Henry <laughs> I mean well, no the question no, no. was but he has like the size and yeah. the speed and stuff it's just he's the, not a, a big he's not a like a like a, a full power back but he's like yeah kind of mm, I'm, this question was posed today at the radio station. Is he the most complete running back that Alabama's ever had? And I, I tend to think that he is. Well, Mark I mean, Ingram wasn't very good pass. Mark catcher. Ingram, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was just a pure power back, um, with big boy speed. And then Yeldon and um, oh, what was the other one? It was Yeldon and Drake. Kenyon yeah, Drake. Kenyon. Those hey, were like Josh Jacobs guys. was pretty solid, but he wasn't like an every down back. So I don't know if you can. Well, I him. mean. Maybe he wasn't every down back. Maybe he was that every down back, and Damian Harris wasn't the every down back. And like, because Josh Jacobs Jacobs was better than Harris when he played. He was, and but like Damian Harris would still get the start, and Josh Jacobs didn't take that extra year. He just went straight to the draft with Harris, and And now now it's like well, both those guys, I guess. I mean, both of them are playing well, but Josh Jacobs looks better. Yeah, well, I mean, I said when they were both playing that Jacobs was better, and it was just kind of every time you watched him, he seemed to do more of his touches. Well, it's kind of like the Julio situation when Julio was here. We had. Julio, but we didn't really use him all that much. And you yeah. get the same thing about Jacobs. We kind of started using mm-hmm. towards the end of the year, but we still didn't use him as much as but I think we should have. To answer your question, out of all the guys we listed, I think that Najee might actually, yes, be the most complete yeah. of all of them. Like, he, there's nothing he's really weak he at. He doesn't have a true weakness. I mean, like, his biggest weakness is quick. He's not as quick as you may want him to be, yeah. but he's got, like, the dude's incredibly, like, he might be the smartest runner we've had, He's not the strongest, but he's probably the best yeah. pass catching back that we've had. Like yeah. we had, like Alabama running backs have not, like we haven't had a traditional pass or non-traditional running back. They've always just been 
Either you hand it off to him on the inside or you hand it off yeah, to him going outside. Yeah, smaller guy like your Kenyon Drake. Rest or, in peace, yeah. Alvin Kamara, when he was on Alabama. Yeah. Does that count? No, it doesn't It, it was doesn't for count. Alabama. Yeah, we, we, we won't yeah, count it. We're not going to count that because that's just not fair. But, um, you know, overall, yeah, I think yeah. I think Najee Harris is probably the most well-rounded back that Bama has ever produced. You want to talk about a couple more games from I the weekend? Because, like I said, it was a loaded weekend. Yeah, we do have a lot yep. of stuff to talk lot. about. So, Liberty beat... Virginia Tech, 38-35. Liberty is, what, 8-0 now? 7-0? and 7-0. 7-0. We were Best wrong. Best start in Liberty history. Yep. I thought for sure We were Virginia almost Tech, right. I know. They actually they <laughs> missed the game-winning yeah. field goal, and then it turns out there was a timeout that got called, mm-hmm. and then they like had an extra chance, and then... Or, wait, was, no, they converted uh, on fourth down then, oh, right? Oh, man. Didn't they go for it on fourth down after the timeout and then got it and like got a closer field goal and made it? Jeez. No, Something I like think that. they... Well, I was watching the game on my laptop on Reddit because right. I was at a friend's house. And then I trust your... And there's, like, obviously there's a delay. And so mm-hmm. I'm seeing Virginia Tech block the field goal to take it back for a yeah. touchdown. And I exit out and I tweet, the Liberty flame has been extingu- yeah. extinguished. And somebody I follow on Twitter was like, uh, at cold takes exposed or something. I was like, what are you talking about? And I turned it back on and I found out that they call a timeout. And I'm like... You are fool. you serious? Yeah, and then they won the game. And you I had picked them because we do like pick pick ems for our station. Mm-hmm. And I was I'm kind of close to the top, and the winner gets like a hundred fifty dollar gift card at Chuck's oh, Fish man. House. And I was like, oh, I'm good. And then I was like, crap, <laughs> like not good anymore. They screwed me over. Yep, you got you got beat. That's yeah. funny. I honestly haven't watched that many Liberty games this year, but I heard a lot about their quarterback Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. And yeah, it, I think it makes it even better the fact that he. Uh, was left committed to or he left Auburn. Yeah, he was on the Auburn football team and just left. And he is absolutely tearing it up. He looks better than Bo Nix. Granted, they I haven't mean, played as many people as Bo Nix has. I mean, that's but. also fair, but on the same note, it doesn't take much to look better than Bo Nix at Nicks the moment. Has not been great well, you know, he, and he's ticked off Seth Williams. They hate each other. Like, yeah, they do. <laughs> and that's never a good thing, especially with the quarterback. Well, I mean, yeah. he quarterback receiver chemistry's gotta be spot on, and he's the only receiver they throw it to. Uh, you know who else looked good for Liberty? Who looked good all year? Who? Hugh Freeze. Oh, yeah. And this is a dicey situation. I mean, do you guys think Hugh Freeze should get another shot in the SEC? Um, he's got Liberty. They're 7-0. They're ranked 22 after re- just recently joining the FBS. Obviously, was fired for that uh, old Miss recruiting scandal. And there's been a lot of rumblings that he could end up at Tennessee, South Carolina, Auburn. I got to tell you, if he ends up at Auburn... I'm scared because he is an offensive wizard. Yeah. And he kind of did his time. He did his year away at Liberty. And a lot of people are expecting him to fail. And he's done the exact opposite. He's, if anything, improved his his coaching stock. And if Auburn is able to land him, that'd be huge for them. I don't think they're going to give up on uh, Gus Malzahn just because he's got the COVID excuse year. Yeah. Well, like, Gus is just in the weirdest spot where every year he's simultaneously on the hot seat and also not on the hot seat. Like, yeah, every single year it's like fire Gus, and then he gets just yeah. enough wins to stay. Like yeah. he's, he looks so, just good when, enough. When does Hugh Freeze's contract run out? It doesn't matter. He can leave whenever. Yeah, he can leave. Well, I mean, I just, don't know the just, details behind. They just it. extended him through twenty twenty six. Yeah, but he could very easily. He could just, leave, well, but Kiffin at it was FIU. He had a uh, contract there, and he just FAU. Out. But yeah. FAU. I but I don't see him. I don't see Tennessee giving up on Jeremy Pruitt. I was like, uh, Tennessee They're doing is well not recruiting. The, Tennessee I, is not the way for him even, to go because they like Pruitt. Will Muschamp. I feel ah. like <laughs> I feel like his hands are kind of tied with the roster that he has. I mean, just going into the year is one player, but they had one of the top running backs in the country commit, mm-hmm. 
And then I think he blew out his his knee or he had an injury that ended up costing him the whole season. And I just think it's hard. If you're not Alabama and you're not Auburn and you're not like Texas A&M, it's hard for teams like um, South Carolina South Carolina yeah. to be able to out-recruit Alabama. You, I mean, that's hard to ask. It means yeah. how much of that falls on Will Muschamp. I mean, heck, like even, um, oh gosh, uh, Jim Harbaugh. He came in. Everyone was like, "Oh, this guy's so good. He's got all these people wearing, you know, Wolverines gear." And Najee Harris, Najee Harris was literally wearing a Wolverines like jersey, like jersey. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up at Alabama. It's like mm-hmm. even Jim Harbaugh couldn't flip these kids for some reason. Like we're really good at recruiting against Michigan. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like historically, when there's a guy that Michigan really wants, they <laughs> just like we end up with them somehow. Because screw Michigan, right. that's why. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I'm on I, the screw Michigan. Actually, I did want to bring up too. You're speaking about like highly rated running backs, and I, we have to talk about Journey Brown, right? Penn oh, State yeah, running back. He um was the draft guy. What's the draft guy's name? Mel Kiper. Mel Kiper's fourth running back on the draft, like Ooh. the big board, and he, he had killed to it retire. last year. What? Yeah, he had an incredible year last year, and then and he, he wasn't playing at all this year. And then it comes out that he had some heart issue and had to retire from football. Oh man, yeah, okay. yeah, it wasn't. They found it out in a COVID test, like one of the to- you yeah. know they test him before the year. They said they found out in it September. wasn't COVID related, but dang, that sucks. Just the fact that they found that is yeah. huge. And because like they had him above Chuba Hubbard, who was a Heisman candidate last year. You know, it was only the only people above him were Etn Harris. Um, and then, was I'm, it the South Carolina guy? No, I'm blinking. I'm blinking I am as name, well. But, but anyway. Yeah, you know, that's obviously very sad. That sucks. Football aside, you know, I hope things work out for him. And yeah, he's got a bright future, you know, doing whatever he chooses to do, you know. Poor guy. Anyways, USC uh, beat Arizona State. Barely beat him. Barely. And I, and, I talked about this last week. I said, don't be surprised if this game's a lot closer than people think. I can't remember off the top of my head what the spread was, but it was heavily in USC's favor. Yeah. And that was just an incredible game. Arizona State essentially had the game won and kind of just blew it in the fourth quarter. Another team I picked to win. I picked Arizona State as well. And it was just the craziest sequence of events. Like, for anyone that didn't watch, uh, USC well, it was a sloppy game to begin yeah. with. How many turnovers were there? I lost track I by. I only the caught third the quarter. end actually because we were watching like the Michigan game. Oh no! But it was sloppy. The first half was brutal. Um, basically, what happened was Arizona State was up thirteen, right? And then USC on third and ten at like the thirty yard line drew an offside, so they got a free play. They chucked it to the end zone. Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, good receiver, brother yeah. of Equinamius on the Packers, batted it down in the end zone. Because, like, there's two defenders there. The other receiver was right there and caught it uh, for a touchdown. <laughs> they score the extra point. They're down six. They kick the onside kick, get the onside kick back, oh, man. and then drive down the field, and then on fourth and ten, throw a 30-yard touchdown pass to take the lead. And then Arizona State gets a first down. That gets called back by penalty, and then they get stuffed four times in a row and lose the game. Yikes. Well, That's we, rough. We teased the quarterback matchup last week and yeah. it lived up to expectations i know keaton slovis looked a little rough early on but just looking at his stats here he threw the ball 55 times but yeah. he was 40 for 55 381 yards two touchdowns and an interception which is pretty incredible and then also adding 21 yards rushing on the ground yeah but i actually thought that Jaden daniels looked a lot better to me he just looked smoother obviously with daniels 
Um, you know, the passing numbers, he only had 134 yards and one touchdown, but 11 rushes for 111 yards. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just a gifted runner. Kind of reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson, but just kind of but a different build. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> he's younger. He's got time to, you know, grow into his own, but he's looked pretty pretty solid for them, and Herm Edwards is Wasn't happy to have him, I'm sure. I think it was Kuiper as well. Didn't he say that Slovis was his number one pick next year in the draft? Or Yeah, but I'm bullish on USC quarterbacks, man, especially the way Darnold's Sam turned Darnell. out. Yeah. USC quarterbacks, they always come out hot, and then they just fizzle out. I remember Sam Darnold's, his coming out game was against Penn State in the Rose Bowl, and the next year, he was not great at all. I mean, I mean he played like, incredible in that game. But. Everyone was talking about how good Sam Darnold was going to be. And then, like, I was watching him, and he's like, er, he's the best, he's the most NFL-style quarterback. And, like, he looks... But that might not right. be a good thing with today's NFL. That's why I don't The best don't quarterbacks like, are that's why I don't mobile like, in some ways. That's why I don't like pro-ready as a term. Because to me, pro-ready means that there's nothing that really stands out about them. They're the most average. Yeah, like, it's Andrew not... Thomas was the most pro-ready offensive tackle, and of all the five rookie offensive tackles taken in the first round, he's been the worst. Pro-ready quarterbacks, to me, are just way different than... like I, I think Sam Darnold would be a, a good quarterback maybe 10 years ago, Yeah, but the game has changed completely. And like I said earlier, you know your pro-style quarterbacks now are guys like Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson... Uh, even Justin Herbert's got some yeah. mobility. Well, yeah. guys that aren't going to stand like statues in the pocket, like Tom Brady. You yeah, know, we've seen him struggle this year because, I mean, he's old, he's getting up there in age, but old he's never Brady. been a he's never been a quarterback that's going to you know been able to get outside the pocket. You keep him in the pocket, pocket collapses. You know, he can't do much. It's it's funny you mentioned Justin Herbert because I was going to use him as actually as a counterexample because he was the pro ready guy of last year's draft, right? He was supposed to be the guy that was the most ready for the NFL and he has actually looked really good. I so I don't I don't know. I thought the knock on him from what I understood was that he was not the most pro ready is that really? he had a great arm but he was inconsistent. I mean um, like the thing with Darnold was that I heard the only thing I ever heard about Darnold was he's pro ready. What does that mean? Oh he's pro ready. He's pro ready, yeah. What does that mean? It means he's ready for the pros. How? What yeah. do you, what does he do yeah. special? And Nothing. And part of what, you know, makes a good quarterback is you have to be able to do special things. All right. If you Extend do send the play, if you, you know, do run the ball, if you, if you do special things, even like fit the ball into minuscule windows, Patty Sam Darnold wasn't really doing that. Like he was just making, you know, the right play every time. And that's kind of a slippery slope where it's like, you have to be able to do something special. You have to have something unique stand out about you. Lamar Jackson, he could run Kyler Murray, shifty, quick, little guy could still throw. Tua, shifty, had a good arm. You know, Herbert, cannon for an arm. Sure, he was a little bit inconsistent, but he's running Oregon's offense. Of course he's going to be inconsistent. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a, it's like a big question mark out there. And, like, with these guys, if you can do something truly special that you can pinpoint as that would work in the NFL, not the, the just it the factor, over, yeah. Exactly. You have to have that it factor. You have to have some capability that is dominant at the college level. Not average, but dominant. And then you can build from that in the NFL. It's what Kyler's doing. It's what Tua's yeah. trying to do. It's what well, Herbert is doing, has done so far this year. You know, Joe Burrow hasn't been able to get anything down the field, but in the short yeah. game, he's been well, stellar. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't throw picks. Yeah. That's an important thing for like a quarterback. Joe Burrow doesn't really throw that many interceptions. Yeah, since we're on the topic, let's just talk about the 2019 quarterback class, just how, 
how freaking elite they've been this year. Yeah. Burrow, Herbert, and Tua. Tua I mean, Tua. Really good in his last couple game, starts. I mean. Burrow's 2,272 uh, yards, 11 mm-hmm. touchdowns, five picks, with a QBR rating 60.9. Herbert, you know, Herbert's, he's been absolutely killing yeah. it. 2,146 yards, 17 touchdowns, and five picks. And then Tua, 350 yards, three touchdowns, and a 73.5 QBR, but, you know, small yeah. sample size. I mean, I think it's just been super impressive that all three of them have turned because there was such a big debate over like we've got to get the right quarterback, yep. and then all three of the people so up, far have up, turned out to be studs. Up to right now, all three of them have turned out to just be spectacular. Like Herbert's got like the little bit of mobility that he has, but he's got like the big arm and he's got the receivers and he's got the exciting offense. I mean, Anthony Lynn's kind of screwing him over right now, but yeah, neither here nor there. Like when Anthony Lynn is not playing conservative, they're winning by thirty-five. Like. And you know Joe Burrow, he's just been really good. Like he he's also got a, like a hair bit of mobility, and he's slinging the ball very accurate, very precise. You know, very much like kind of like a Drew Brees kind of like thing. So the thing to me is, I'm always a big proponent that you need to do it for two or three years, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to buy into the hype too too much. I like all three of the quarterbacks, I mean, yeah. especially Tua. Tua will always have a special place in my heart. But the sophomore year is really when sophomore slump, sophomore yeah. slump, and that mm-hmm. becomes because. Teams know what you're about. Teams know yep. how you play now. And so if you look at Kyler Murray, for example, he's been even better than his rookie year. So someone like that's been really good. But then, I don't know, Baker Mayfield's in his third year now, and he's starting to regress from yeah. what he was his rookie And Lamar year. Jackson, And Lamar too. Jackson had the, an incredible year, and then people kind of saw what he was trying to do, and do now you think effective. Kyler Murray's better than Lamar Jackson? I think that it's the guy one MVP, so I don't think it's you can really say that yet. I think he's having a better year than Lamar Jackson. I think he's got the mobility that Lamar has with just a way better arm. He might have maybe the not the finesse and the spin moves, but he runs the ball he runs very it, well and yeah. he I think he's got a way better arm than Lamar Jackson. He does. Lamar's mechanics are janky. Like in terms of throwing Kyler Murray is superior. In terms of running Lamar Jackson is superior because Lamar Jack like Kyler Murray looks like a very quick quarterback, something we really haven't seen like yet, like a true quarterback that's a dedicated quarterback, but can like move like that. Yeah, Lamar Jackson looks like a gazelle. The dude is just moving. He just like effortlessly navigates defenses. Now you can say a similar thing about Kyler, but with Lamar, he's a much bigger target to hit. He's not supposed to be as quick as Kyler. Kyler's five nine. Lamar's like six three. The dude is like ridiculously mobile for his height. And just a big drop off for me in the past game, and it, it really bothers me. And especially when you need Lamar the most, like when teams low the box and are stopping the run, and he can't just he, you, just he can't, can't make yeah. throws. He can't change. Whereas so, Kyler, you're watching him, yeah. and it just feels like everything comes easy to him. And I I did not think he was going to do that well, you know, coming into the NFL. I was not a fan of him. Um, I know his game in college was phenomenal, but I was at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And, you know, that system, what they've done with quarterbacks in recent years. And so I thought maybe he'd have a couple okay years, but he's just t- tearing it up the last couple yeah. of years. So what I'll say is I think in close games or games where you're winning, Lamar's better. But in games that you need someone to come back, I think it's yeah, definitely Kyler. I yeah. think that Lamar is more, like, precise with his throws because he doesn't throw as much. So he, he only throws to guys that are wide open pretty much. Yeah. And so I think if you need someone to take care of the ball, like take care of a lead or yeah. even in a close game, like a one possession game, then I'll trust Lamar. But if you're down, you need any sort of like, 
like for example, the Buccaneers when they got put super down. Obviously, I don't think either of them would be in a yeah, situation yeah. <laughs> there. But in a situation where everyone knows you're going to be passing, Lamar is basically worthless at that point. And versus, you know, versus, Kyler versus has a chance. Kyler. Now, I will say this though: like we're talking about how good Kyler has been this year, he has struggled in the passing game sometimes against sometimes. the Cowboys. He yeah. played, you know, pretty well. He was like what nine for twenty three in that game. Yeah. He was like he gets psyched up too much. He gets in his own head about stuff and. You know, he'll start, you know, he'll occasionally throw some bad picks and stuff like that. Or like he'll like miss, he'll just miss an open receiver down the field because he gets excited about it. But once he's like calm and collected and whatnot, like he was against the Dolphins this last week, that's when it's fun. Yeah. Except when you're playing in fantasy and you get destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, anyone who does well in fantasy against you hurts. But I think like overall, like currently, Kyler's having the better season. Yeah. Lamar, I still have to put Lamar over him in terms of like just list of quarterbacks right now. Accolades too. I mean, yeah, won accolades. Like, well, I mean, MVPs. you can't argue against an MVP. Yeah. And so it's just, I mean, the jury's out on that one. We'll be able to really know in two years. Regardless, two years the league is in great hands with absolutely building on what we talked about earlier. Aaron Rodgers hasn't aged a day. Like Drew Brees, Jackson eh, Watson. Gonna, yeah. I mean, Mahomes. Yeah, like even the old guns. guys are still playing well. Like yeah. Tom Brady has occasionally well, struggled this year. Philip Rivers. I think we well, might be at Phillip a point Rivers. where more but teams that, have a uh, more teams have a franchise quarterback than don't at this point, which yeah. is pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, you think of the teams that don't have it. You have like Washington, who Jacksonville, who could have gotten to. Uh, well, and they still have a Rivers. chance this year. Washington, Jacksonville, and um, the Jets. Obviously, but then they're gonna be fighting for the quarterback. But the thing is, the all each of those three guys in the top might end up being franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, and like even fourth and fifth guy might end up being yeah. Franchise Mac Jones, too. Zach Wilson, all have a chance. Since we're talking about the draft, I, you know, the more I think about it, I was upset first because I'm like, oh, you know, Washington won't be able to get Lawrence. They won't be able to get Fields. I'm not so high on Fields. Yeah, I, I mean Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, but I think. The drop off between one and two, or between uh, like two and three, like everybody else, is just it's kind of jumbled up the quarterback class. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that the drop off between one and two is bigger than between two and everyone else. That's what I meant to say. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree completely. I think that Fields might be better than Lance, might be worse than Lance, he might I, be better than worse than Mac Jones. The Lance upside to me is just it's so. It's it's Mahomes level upside, it's, and I don't know if I can pass on that if I'm a team. I, I mean, yeah, I, I would take a chance on him if I'm Washington. I've I've been permanently scarred from like upside quarterbacks because the only the last quarterback the Vikings picked in the first round was Christian Ponder. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's so, but even at the time, that was like a why did we pick him in the first round guy? Yeah. Well, actually, sorry, I should amend that. He was the last guy we picked. Like super high, we did pick Bridgewater. I think with the last pick in the first round. Yeah, that's so. true. But aside from Lawrence, you know, who is the guy that you would, if your team drafted, you would be comfortable with having him as your quarterback? Yeah. And I don't, I can't, I can't think of anybody really. That, I mean, that's why we I, talked about Zach yeah. Wilson. Like, I mean, I mean, the thing with the Broncos right now is that our problem doesn't lie like at quarterback. Like, if you put any of those, you know, guys that aren't Trevor Lawrence in the quarterback spot, you know. It's, nothing, it's, nothing's it's really like, oh, I think Locke is definitely like established. Locke oh, yeah. is going to be yeah. is a better bet but than trying to. I just think Zach, Mac like, Jones, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Kyle Trask—they're all just kind of jumbled up mm-hmm. in one ball for me. Yeah. And even Justin Fields, maybe I'm a little bit worried just because we the discussion that I always like to bring up about 
Ohio State Ohio quarterbacks, State quarterbacks yeah. and the success that they have at the collegiate level and how yeah. it's never well, you know, I do think that Justin Fields is the best Ohio State quarterback. I mean, he's not comparable to Dwayne Haskins. Like he, he's and then like white years better, but Braxton still makes me nervous. Or Terrell Pryor were basically like receivers that played quarterback. Yeah, for yeah. <laughs> I, I will say one thing you can tell yourself too, if the Washington football team does end up with Justin Fields, is you just got to tell yourself he's a Georgia quarterback. He's yeah, not actually no, an Ohio State quarterback. He's a that, 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 quarterback. That, like, that actually is probably like the best way to think about it. Is that they recruited he wasn't, him? Yeah, he was recruited by Georgia because. You know, Georgia does occasionally recruit a good quarterback. I mean, yeah. also, though, the last Georgia quarterback that, get dro- that got drafted got drafted in the fifth round after, like, going into the year he was supposed to be a first-rounder, so. That's true. But then again, you know, how much of that is Georgia not being able to piece together, like, they had a really good old line, but and then they had a, like, I remember was they, they were talking about Pickens, right? George Pickens. Yeah, George Pickens. It's like, oh, he's supposed to be so good. No, and then he I never does about this year, kind of. He just doesn't do anything. Like, he's just, he's a... Big receiver, great hands, great. It's like, it's like Mike Williams on the Chargers when Philip Rivers was there. It's just he just doesn't show up. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, Georgia could have really used Justin Fields this weekend when they yeah. got blown up by Florida's offense, forty-four to twenty-eight. It was bad, man. I I don't even want to talk about Florida's offense first. I want to talk about Georgia's two Tyson. quarterbacks. Yeah, no, 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 no. We can Dwayne, talk about Dwayne Mathis through Mathis two picks and some. Okay, so the mailman Bennett, threw one. Stetson Bennett. They delivered through, on the picks. Yeah. Setson Bennett threw like seven for 19 off the top of my head, something like that, for one touchdown and one interception. Yeah. And he got taken out, and I was like, that's very bad. There's no way Dwayne, Dewan Mathis, excuse me, Dewan Mathis, could do worse. And, and then, then he, he came in and threw, went like five for 12 with one so, touchdown and two interceptions. Uh, four for 13, actually. Four for so 13. My one bad. fewer completion with one more attempt. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> 34 for- yards, one touchdown, two picks. That's just. That is bad. That is, in fact, not good, actually. I feel bad for Kirby Smart just because the fact that he's got they nothing. always have a great defense. They always have a solid running game and a solid offensive line, maybe this year. The running game is, you know, they have but, a lot of young guys. Again, with the running game, though, sorry to interrupt you. No, but you're that, good. When you have a quarterback going four for 13 and five for 17, your running game's not going to look great. Yeah. It all revolves on the quarterback. Yeah. And I joke about Justin Fields, but even more recent. Just the fact that they got kind of screwed over by Jamie Newman opting out. Yeah, mm. and JT Daniels not being healthy. They going into the I mean, season, they had, they're making a conscious effort to go out and get these quarterbacks. Yeah, and they're, they're just, just not showing lucky. up for them. Yeah, literally, I mean, like you can't blame the guy for not playing because of COVID. Like that's the one thing is you have to not. Well, blame yeah, that's you. true. I know. I think but, he cited it for family reasons. Yeah, and it's yeah. like there's no more honorable reason than that. Just yeah, to be like, hey, it's my family. But you know, with JT Daniels. You can't blame him for that either because he, hurt his knee he just hurt his knee. I mean, like, we still might just, see him this year. We don't know, yeah. but and like as a football, fan, like I'm an Alabama fan, yes, but as a football fan, yeah. I want to see JT Daniels. College football. Yeah. I mean, we love it. They went into the season having arguably like the best quarterback room in college football with those two. They have two. Now, yeah, that's what Greg. That's a exact Greg McElroy <laughs> quote. At the beginning of the year, he's like, "Oh, they got the best quarterback room." Really? I, I did not know that. I guess I should do this. Like analysis stuff for a living. Anyway, um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I'm just a nerd. <laughs> but <laughs> I do think that it would have been better if Alabama played them with Daniels, with Newman, than because now there's at least an excuse, right? They don't make the SEC championship game this year if Florida wins out now. And there's always going to be that, oh, you guys only won because we had Stetson Bennett playing. And <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, you still I don't, lost. It's a decent argument. It is but a decent it doesn't argument. Change but at the, the end of the day, everyone has to deal with stuff like that. I mean, we. Yeah. That's why football is a game of there. inches, game of you know. Yeah, who's healthy? Who's yeah. not? I mean, it, especially it, this year, especially with quarterbacks. Like, if you look at the Dallas Cowboys, for example, they're they were bad beforehand, but they're not two and seven bad. They were putting out points. Yeah, Dak Prescott, and then they went now, two weeks without scoring an offensive touchdown with Ben DiNucci starting. Garrett Gilbert looked good though. Yeah, Gucci DiNucci. So, Oregon played Stanford one. Yeah, our last game. Our last game, thirty-five fourteen. Oregon, you know, picking up right off where they right where they left off. Obviously, they don't have Justin Herbert anymore, but Tyler Shog. Tyler, yeah, I don't know. I think that they looked fine. They looked what Oregon expected. Like I don't think anyone had Stanford winning this game, so they did what they were supposed. Yeah, to especially do with the their quarterback David Mills the third. I think had COVID issues, and he's still dealing with COVID issues. And so I don't think anybody expected Oregon to lose, but. Oregon is the one team that I'm watching very closely. I watched some of their game last weekend. This weekend, there's not many, like, for lack of better terms, the game sucked this weekend. Yeah. And so I'm going to be watching Oregon versus Washington State. Because to me, they're that they're that team that, you know, is on the outside looking in right now. They played their first game last week. But they could be that fourth team. And, I mean, I haven't seen anything right now that, like, blows blows my mind, makes me, you know, makes that thought concrete in my head but I think that with Mario Cristobal as a head coach offensive line even without Penny Sewell still managed to you know block pretty well for CJ Verdell who had over 100 yards rushing so they still have that rushing game good offensive line even with losing their best offensive tackle and their defense they had all those guys opt out their defense still looked pretty good yeah so they're a dark horse to me and I said it last year said the year before but I think they're always one of those teams you have to watch out for. They just, I don't know. I, I just don't think that there's a realistic shot of them making it. But speaking of, you know, Pac-12, I do want to bring up California. University of California already has two games canceled because of COVID. They Man. season started, they're 0 for 2 on playing. Their entire D-line is in COVID protocol right now. So oh, they could wow. theoretically play. There, no, there's a chance they could play, but they would have to line up players that... I think they will. I don't think they'll have the scholar like the scholarship athletes required, but their entire defensive line is out. And then I, I believe it was either the mayor or the governor uh, said that there's no feasible way for them to be out of COVID protocol by the time the game starts. So it's basically nice. foregone. I don't think they've that's, officially canceled. That's it yet. rough. I'm not gonna lie. But that's two weeks in a row now that Cal's already had to cancel, and that's just well, it, Wisconsin as well has been looking rough because I mean. Yeah, they had that first game. Graham Mertz had 500, not 500. He had five touchdowns, like 470 yards throwing. But they haven't played since the first week. And I, looking at the rankings as I look at them every week, kind of scratched my head when I saw them at 13 just because I don't think you can rank a team that high after only playing one game against Illinois. Yeah. It just doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, and your next three weeks at least, you're going to be without your starting quarterback. So I mean, this week record amount of games. We've talked about Alabama getting canceled. That wasn't the only game. Pitt and Georgia Tech got canceled um, earlier today. Uh, freaking Texas A&M, Tennessee, Georgia, Missouri, Auburn, Mississippi State. All that a bunch of big time SEC matchups this weekend just aren't happening because of COVID. The SEC is struggling to to, to deal with this. Yeah. I am for one, I'm shocked that the SEC of all conferences is having a huge breakout. 
it's it, it just feels like it's a lot of like team based stuff. Like it's not you know the protocols that we put in where it's like once you get COVID, you have to go into three. You have to pass three tests with you know other like Alabama has stayed fine. Yeah, Alabama's done a great job. Yeah, great teams like infrastructure. We got great like the team is built yeah, well. It's, like it's got great like a system, everything like that. Like Lane Kiffin doesn't care. It's yeah, it's <laughs> teams like LSU with. Orgeron, Orgeron, who's already lost his program beginning year, pretty much. The guy's opting out and not buying in. Mississippi State, Mike Leach. It seems like that, that I have nothing to lose. Like, why do that? Why why should they have to follow protocols? Like, their season's already over. And they're screwing over teams like Alabama and, you know, Texas A&M, who are trying to make a playoff push. And it sucks yeah. to see. Well, luckily, Alabama has the fortune of this game being canceled is probably not going to affect us. We might drop back yeah. to two behind Ohio State or something like that, but I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. You don't think it'll, for an offense that's been as hot as our offense has, you don't think it'll cool us down a little no, bit? No, we were already coming off a bye week, so I think an extra bye week wouldn't be a huge deal. I think if it I mean, was in the middle... I, I don't know. Rest is hard because it could go either way. You know, Guys could get rusty for having two weeks off, but also guys that are banged up, you know, they can get healthy. They, I think yeah, LeBron Ray yeah. might yeah. have a chance to come back sooner because, you know, he's had extra time to rest yeah. and heal his body. Actually, speaking of players that aren't going to come back, I saw Trey Sanders got into a car crash, like a yes. vehicle accident, and he's out indefinitely now. He's in the hospital. For him. I, I mean, feel so bad last for Last year, he had, a foot had high expectations, said that he was going to win the Heisman as a freshman. You know, that's a... Tough task, yeah. but you kind of you appreciate the confidence as a guy coming hurt in. Himself and or he got hurt in preseason, missed the whole season, came back, had his best game of his career at 80 yards, coming in as the third string running back, and then now he's out indefinitely, expected to miss the entire season. They're non life threatening injuries, so he's going to be okay. Yeah. I was glad to see that, but he probably isn't going to play the rest of the season, so he'll get his first like actual playing time as a junior now after coming in saying he wanted to win the fre- uh, Heisman as a freshman, which is just, I feel so bad for the guy. He's, yeah, ha- he's mean, been dealt such an unlucky hand so far. With his swagger and his confidence, I have no doubt that he'll rehab his ass off yeah. and be yeah. back next year. And and like Najee will be gone, so I mean it'll be his spot if he wants it, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if he t- he takes that reins. The yeah. thing is, neither of like, the – Incidents that happened were his fault. Like the first, like last year, was he tore his ACL, tore his Achilles? I think, yeah, I think it was Achilles, but I could be wrong. And then, like this year, he wasn't even driving. He was in the passenger seat of the car, and he got hit. Like they got hit. I'm pretty sure. So like, there's just nothing else he can do at this point other than just keep trying. And like, because what is it? There's an old phrase that I like: the hottest fires forge the hardest steel, or or, uh, forge the hottest steel, or hardest steel. Gosh. And yeah, I know what you're saying. You know. Basically, if this guy, like if Trey Sanders can take the beating that the world is giving him right now, that life is laying down on him, mm-hmm. he's going to come out fine. It was a foot injury, by the way, in case you're actually curious. Mm, not yet. So. I mean, still. Yeah. Like, I yeah. Just, no, I agree. That's, I hope he, he turns out. But So, Got some real ba- quickly, yeah, we're going to talk about some Bama basketball. Bama basketball yes. coming up. Kind of snuck up Coach's on us a little bit. came out today, the first one. We were ranked 25 in the preseason. We were ranked we made 25. It. I saw that preseason. two people signed their national letter of intent, just Swan Holt, and I don't remember who the other one was. Uh, but Langston, Langston, Langston Wilson. Wilson. I think yeah. Langston Wilson. He, I'm, I'm excited about what this team is going to do next year. Like, I'm, I'm excited about what we're going to do this year. We've got Javon Quinterly. We've got John Petty. We've got a bunch of different guys. Now, JQ didn't do much at Nova. 
But that was because there was a lot of other stuff going on here. He's got it. He's got the confidence yeah. of the coach. The coach has the confidence of him, which is important. Does the Bama basketball hype make you a little bit nervous? A little bit. Because we, we were supposed we have to be more good talented, last year, too. We have a more talented roster this year. Last year, we were battling injuries. That's true. We're more complete this year. And I think the country is expecting more out of us. Yeah. But also, as fans, I know last year, there were many nights where I would get frustrated watching us play just because we were so inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. And... Well, I mean, part of that, like, stems from, we didn't, like, it was, you know, Coach Nate Oates' first year, and, you know, Kyra was just like, I just want to get done here so I can get to the draft, and, you know, all these guys had different issues that were going on right now. Herb mm-hmm. Jones couldn't shoot, and he was injured, but then he put up 16 rebounds against a ranked with LSU one with one hand, was- and hit the game-winning free throws, or, like, the game-sealing free yeah, throws yeah. with his offhand. That was so cool. Well, he just he shot it one-handed and hit um, both of them. By the way, just a quick interruption, but if you had Dante, or Dante Foreman of the Tennessee Titans getting the first touchdown of the night, you'd be correct because he just wow. scored. So 6-0 Titans. I guess yeah. I don't know why I'm doing that update because I just realized this isn't going to be live. Yes, absolutely It's not. okay. That's cool. <laughs> it's, it's cool. Discuss. No, um, but Alabama basketball, I think you got to give – a basketball coach two or three years to get his system and set. Yep. Now in his second year, I think that Nate Oates is going to be even better. And I was super excited about the Nate Oates hiring when it happened yep. because you look at what he did with Buffalo, with, with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He made Buffalo a tournament team with Buffalo. Dude, with Buff- nothing against he Buffalo. He made but DeAndre not freaking Buffalo. He took a six-seven center and shut down DeAndre eight. Yeah, and it's like, just you can't like that's something that you can't like that's just awesome. And and like I'm excited we got Jordan Bruner now, so now we can like. Alex Reese is going to be coming off the bench. Finally. Uh, thank God. But, like, that was a big reason for our inconsistency because Alex Reese is one of the streakiest people on the planet. Yeah. Well, and it's just my point with, with the whole with, and with Buffalo thing is Alabama is a bigger school. We're going to get better recruits. He has more of an argument mm-hmm. to, like, hey, you should come to Alabama. He's already a pretty good recruiter at Buffalo. Now he yes. has the resources of a big yes. school. And we've got uh, J.D. Davidson. Yeah. We- that is the number one ranked point guard in his class. Next year, yeah. That is the number one ranked point guard in the 2021 Unfortunately, class. Unfortunately, Alex Tuchiku had, had a big injury. Had an injury, but I think we're loaded. And I don't want to say it won't matter, but I mean, it, it always matters. Matter, but because like, we would have been so much better without him because then we could have run Alex Reese at the four off the bench, which yeah. I don't think is something Nados would have been like fond of doing. I'm not but, fond of doing that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not really fond of having Alex Reese on the on the court. Like, I like Alex <laughs> hey, Reese. I wasn't going to... I mean, like Alex Reese. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a very good offensive yeah, rebounder. Good three-point shooter. But, I, like, he doesn't ever go inside debatable. the three-point line, so he just yeah. stays at the perimeter, and he's mentally weak. So, like, I like the guy, but he has issues. Yeah. Um, With Chiku, he is 6'11". Like, everyone's calling him Giannis, like the French Giannis. He's not French. French he's Giannis. not French The Giannis. French Greek freak. They're not, he's not that. Like, he's a big, tall, lanky guy who in high school would take the ball off the rim and he would sprint down the court with yeah. it and dunk it. Like me in a rec league, except minus the dunking and probably turning over the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what is it called? I'm just really excited about it because Shackelford went from, like, being a, a regular four-star guy. I was right about Shaq. I was super high on Shaq when he got to Alabama. I was like, dude, I love this guy. I love what he brings to the team. We don't really have that. He mm-hmm. is the probably the best offensive player we have. Like right now, and oh, that yeah. is no, saying I like a, lot. a lot as well. It, him being the best offensive player we have says a lot about you know it, JP very good, Javon Quinterly very very good, you know, Herb Jones obviously not an offensive guy but 
still, like, I'm excited about it. Jordan Bruner played great against UNC last year. He put up 15 and 18. 15 points, 18 rebounds, and, like, three blocks. Yeah. Against the University of North Carolina. I do That's also, prestigious. I also want to point out that we're really lucky that, you know, Jones and Petty came mm-hmm. back for their last years because they were both yeah. entered the draft process or were both getting looked mm-hmm. at and then... They both I got know. told news they didn't want to hear, which yeah. you know, it does suck. Well, I'm I, surprised love Herb, for, I love John Petty. Yeah, I'm surprised more for John Petty because I thought he's a known commodity at this point, right? I don't think he's going to massively improve this year. So I think where he was going to go this year is probably going to be he around. He wants to be a part something special. I think he is invested in this, and I think they just, like, uh, what is it called? You hear about first-year guys going to the draft. You hear about second-year yeah. guys going to the draft. You hear about four-year guys going to the draft. You don't really hear about three-year guys Because if you stay for three, you're probably just going to come back for a exactly. fourth. Exactly. You might as well. Because if you were good enough to get drafted one or two, like high, you would have went one or you two. You would have gone already. So he's like, well, what harm is it going to be? I'm going to come back here, fight with my guys, because he respects Nadeau's. Yeah. And Nadeau's respects him. They have a lot of respect for each other, and John Petty has taken over a leadership role on this team. I like it. I like it a lot. Because John Petty was, at one point, ranked a five-star. Yeah. In high school, and he was very good. But Herb got turned around. He got turned down because they were like, dude, you can't shoot. We're not going to take you. And apparently now Herb Jones went like... Just paraphrasing. Well, oh, I mean, essentially, yeah. But apparently, according to Coach Oates, which again, take it with a grain of salt. It's his team. He has to, you know, try and you know hype him up. But in press like interviews, he said, yeah, Herb Jones is like the leading three-point maker on our team in five-on-five. That's like, impressive. What? Yeah. He's like he's like he, he hits eight a game in our in our five on fives. Which That's is like insane. that is insane. Like it's I mm, I can't wait. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for just all these Josh Primo, five star. Um, Keon Ambrose Hilton. We got a lot of Yep, Keon yeah. Ambrose Hilton. He Canadian, was one of the French guys. Everybody. And which like on the trail, uh, I think we are still the projected favorites for Charles Bediaco, the seven foot big man out of Canada. That's crazy. When is the last time we've had a, like a, a seven footer? You know, we've had some tall guys, but I don't think we've had anyone over seven feet tall. Uh, Daniel Giddens was the closest one. Yeah, he was six eleven. Right? Yeah, he was six. He was 11. nothing right home about either. Uh, yeah. Daniel Giddens was not good, and he, dude, um, he went to like what was it like North Dakota State, and he's not been good um, there either. So, or was it Vermont? I don't, know. I don't remember. Eh, he went somewhere. Whatever. So, green and yellow. But to change the subject a little bit, I kind of brought it up while we were talking about basketball, but I kind of want to talk about the game that's going on right now with the Colts and the Titans. You know, it's Thursday night. We record this on Thursdays. It's going on right now. It's in the first quarter. I just want to get a quick prediction from you guys. We don't have to stay on it too much, but how do you guys think this is going to shake out? The Titans Titans. are already up 7-0. Titans. I mean, Titans are going to blow them out because the Colts with Phillip Rivers can't can't really throw the ball much. Yeah. I mean, the, Titans, the Colts yeah. with Philip Rivers just ran it on fourth and two and or third and two and got stuffed. So yeah, and like I don't believe in Philip Rivers as a quarterback anymore. You know, their receiver like he's made T. Y. Hilton look bad. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, it's I mean, I don't know. I think T. Y. Hilton was just the well, beneficiary. Both of, those guys are getting up there in age. Well, Hilton also was the beneficiary of he was Brissett's like go-to guy, where yeah. he he looked better than he was in my opinion because he was the only guy that he would throw to really. Yeah, and that true. offense is more centered around running the ball too with Jonathan yeah. Taylor and that strong offensive line. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so you guys both say basketball? Titans. Yeah. I say Titans. Okay. I say Titans. Yeah, yeah it's an easy prediction. Um we'll we finish up here with some NBA basketball so, and then Yeah, the draft is next week on the eighteenth. And I Matt is super excited. I am thrilled. I oh. cannot wait. There is a lot of stuff happening in the NBA right now. 
Basically, in the NBA, there are tons of things getting talked about. Russell yes. Westbrook has requested a trade. Okay. Where do you think he's going to go? I saw he wanted to go back to OKC, actually, which is kind of funny really? to me. Because, yeah, th- that was one of the ones he was talking about, which is really, I don't know why Billy Donovan would do that. Billy Donovan's but, not there. He's the head or, coach of Excuse me. Um, Sam Presti. N- yeah, sorry, Presti. I always lump them together, mm-hmm. but now they're not together anymore. Yeah. But I think that, I don't know why Sam Presti would do that, unless they're He's, getting picks to take on the contract. But I mean, but the thing is, they already have all of the Rockets' picks anyways yeah. from trading Russell that, Westbrook to well, them. And that's exactly what was brought up when they saw that he wanted to go back to the Thunder, is why would the Thunder help the Rockets? Because the worse the Rockets do, the better for the Thunder right now. Exactly. And... It's just it's funny too that he wants to go back because he's like, oh, bye, I want out, and he's like, no, I'm just kidding, take me back. Like, and I think yeah. what is that? I don't think he's gonna go back there. Um, I, I saw a couple instances. The Clippers have like, there's been rumors that the Clippers want him, Ooh. which would not work because salary. Sal- they have I mean, to trade like their entire bench away, and then they just well, that's the thing. It. They got a lot of space clearing up, like with you know, obviously Patrick Beverly would have to be involved in the trade, but yeah, you know, Montrezl Harrell's coming off. I mean. He's not like he's not even on the books right now. Um, and then they probably Marcus get rid of Morris Lou Will is, probably too. For they, they would have to get rid of Lou Will. Maybe they would. I don't know. Well, but, was, um, yeah. With like all that nonsense, the Hornets want him. The Knicks apparently would be an interesting. I or not apparently. I think the Knicks would be an interesting spot for him to land because then that creates the Brooklyn New York rivalry again. Kevin okay. Durant versus Russell Westbrook yeah. in the same city. The Knicks finally get their coveted, you know, superstar that they wanted. Mm-hmm. They get they get old Russell Westbrook yeah. I'm, and well, I mean, say Julius Randle. Say old. what you will about you know that old. about Russell know. Westbrook, but like, dude, last year, tour, like in the back half of the season that they played, he averaged thirty a game. My problem with Russell Westbrook, he's always he's, he's really up. good in a vacuum, but he has to be the offense. Yeah, to be oh, that's exactly Which, what I was going to say. I mean, he can be the offense a little bit in uh, in New York because. Outside of R.J. Barrett, there really isn't anyone to take the ball out of his hands. I mean, Julius yeah. Randle's not going to do it. I mean, oh, maybe you know, he will, but Dennis, <laughs> no, Dennis Schroeder's washed already. No, 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 I, hate no. To I was say thinking that. Uh, DSJ. Dennis De- De- Smith. Oh, sorry, what did I say? Dennis, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder yeah. yeah, Dennis Schroeder's in uh, OKC, but Dennis Smith Jr. is washed. Dennis Schroeder is not washed. Speaking of Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder wants to stay in OKC. He wants to sign another contract, which would benefit the Thunder because Chris Paul. Is now yeah. it like being like they're discussing trading Chris Paul to the Suns? I like that for the Suns a lot, actually, because <laughs> part of Devin Booker's big problem his whole career, right? And this will also help Aiton a lot, mm-hmm. is that Devin Booker plays well, yeah, and he plays well as a distributor. But having someone that can take the ball out of his hands and make him like the number two handler mm-hmm. and the number one scoring option, I think is perfect for him. Versus, I mean, who they had before? Ricky Rubio was okay; he wasn't yeah. great, but. <laughs> He was Devin Booker was kind of forced into being the number one. Like, he was ball forced handler. into being the point guard, which yeah. what, like he yeah. he would get lots of assists. He also get lots of turnovers. Well, he, he's not a point guard. They're a young team. They have tons of talent, and if they added Chris Paul to that team, yeah, I mean it's pretty legit. I'm not high on DeAndre Ayton personally. That's just me. Like he puts up big numbers, but that's because he's seven one and is very athletic. Like the yeah. dude, like yeah, but just, that's like saying I don't like Shaq because he. Well, well no, no, right. no, 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 no. I'm not Pump saying that because of that. I'm saying that DeAndre Ayton doesn't have the mentality. That's fair. that's what I was going to get to. Was okay, that okay. he's tall, he gets mentality. all the rebounds, he gets all the dunks. He just doesn't have mentality. He's weak. If you like, if you stuff him early in the game, he's gonna have an awful game for the rest of the game. I don't know why that that's a trend with like 
all the young big men, minus mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like Carl Anthony Towns is well, the exact same. That's way. about it's being young. He's also it's confidence. Carl Anthony Towns is also mentally weak. Like, but I mean, with that's some true. young guys, the confidence is through the roof. Look at look like look at Luca. Look at Donovan Mitchell. Look at Jamal Murray. Nikola Jokic. Like all these guys. Like Nikola Jokic is twenty five. Yeah. Giannis just gets angry. Like he doesn't get inside of his own head. He just gets you know pissed off. He's like, I want to go kill. I want to go dunk on everyone. I want to play better. So you know, so that my team can win. All these young guys, you know, some of them do have that mentality, which I like. And I, I don't think DeAndre Ayton has it. He doesn't. He hasn't shown me that he has it. He hasn't come out there and faced adversity. Whenever he faces adversity, he falls. Like mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier, Buffalo with a six-seven guy stuffed him early, and he didn't do anything for the rest of the game because he got in his own head about it. There's just a bunch of stuff going on, you know, with all of that. And I think that the Suns. They looked really good in the bubble towards the end there, yeah. but Aiden wasn't really doing anything. It was all Devin it Booker. It was Devin Booker going crazy. It was and Devin then Booker. Some of the like the the role the players. Cal Bridges looked really good. Cal Bridges, and then even um, what's his name? Rubio was on the Wizards was, before. Oh, uh, Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre was Ke- was Kelly Oubre? I don't think he was playing. Was he not? I don't know. He I don't think he was playing he during was. the bubble. I thought he was injured. Mm, I, I mean, so I right. might be wrong about that, but I don't remember him doing anything. He's injured. I'm pretty sure. Oh, but um, just ignore me then. Dario Saric, I mean, he's a good role player. He's a good rebounder and a good three-point shooter. Um, you've got all these guys that are really good. Ricky, I love Ricky Rubio as a point guard. He's the most pure point guard, good defender, great playmaker, great ball handler. You know, he's got a developing jump shot, but he's already 20, 28, 29, which is wild to think that he's still that young. But if the Suns get Chris Paul, they might kind of move into relevance now. Yeah. Like. It's the whole thing. I love the job Sam Cassell has done, though, as the head coach of the Suns. It is insane. That man has tried to, he has tried and succeeded to turn that franchise around. I, I'm very high on that. Um, in terms of the draft coming up, there's, you know, questions about what's going to happen. You know, the Timberwolves are, if, it, if the draft order stays the exact same, it's going to be LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman. Um, well, Anthony I can't, Edwards. I can't, uh, no, no. The Hornets don't want. A guard, which is funny because apparently they're willing to trade for Russell Westbrook. They want Onyeko well, Okongwu. They well, want Onyeko Actually, Okongu. one thing interesting that I saw was that the only one that had worked out Anthony Edwards was the Hornets so far. They said like only the third pick in the draft had worked him out so far, and no other teams after them worked it out. So I don't know if it's just something that the Hornets are like smoke screening and they do want Anthony no, Edwards. Like they or... have actively said that they want a big man. And again, I, again if, it, if it's smoke screening, then that's fine. But, but there's no reason for them to smoke screen. But all the other, I'm just saying the other teams around the league don't seem to think that they're not picking Anthony Edwards. If that makes sense, because I feel like someone else would have worked out Anthony Edwards at this point if it wasn't a guarantee that he goes top three. I mean, the, that's the thing. Anthony Edwards is just Andrew Wiggins part two. He doesn't try on defense. He doesn't play good defense when he does try. He's overhyped. He's a volume shooter, not a volume scorer. And, you know, he's just, he's athletic. You know, he can kind of shoot the ball pretty well, and he can kind of handle, he can dunk. But he's just Andrew Wiggins part two. He's massively overhyped, but he doesn't do anything. He's just overhyped because he, like, he's overhyped because he has the ball in his hands, and he has the ball in his hands because he's overhyped. Yeah. So it's like, he doesn't do anything. He's not going to bring anything to a team. Like, he's going to be a good player on a bad team, or he's not going to play. So, do you still think LaMelo is going first overall? Yes. Okay. Because LaMelo and D'Angelo Russell are going to... I think that... Well, okay. Here's the thing. I don't think that other teams will pick LaMelo in the first spot, other than the Timberwolves. I saw something today. The Timberwolves might try and trade down to the fourth spot, and 
like there no they would trade down to the third spot let the hornets move to the one spot if they do want anthony edwards so that mm-hmm. way they can ensure oh, we we want to make sure we get him guys that way the hornets get anthony edwards right but then the timberwolves get miles bridges and the third pick and then they can use their sixth pick and 17th pick to no sorry they would use the 17th pick and something else to move up and draft like Denny Avdija or Obi Toppin or someone still chilling out around that area. Well, I saw something actually that they were talking about trying to trade back for the sixth pick as well, and Jarrett Culver was involved in that, which didn't make any sense to me because they literally picked him with the sixth pick overall last year. That means they don't want him in their future plans, but if they can trade him away and get back that sixth pick and get a forward, which is a position of need that they have, their best forward right now is Jake Lehman. And it's like... Yeah, he's supposed to be good, but he's been injured every year. The, the only reason I could see them trading Culver away is if they pick Ball with their top pick. Exactly. Because then they'll have two guards already. Culver will be the odd man out. Yeah, and Culver was already... He was starting at point guard in place of you know the injured guy that they would have. He was their best wing defender last year, mm-hmm. though, so they're going to be lacking in defense unless they get it. Well, they were already lacking in defense. That's and true. I, here's the thing. No matter what they do in this draft, they're not going to turn out well. The Timberwolves have a bad culture. Carl Anthony Towns is not a winning basketball player. So it's just going to end up backfiring on them in the end. Anyways, but the Warriors would be a miss if they didn't pick Wiseman. There's discussions that they might trade um, the pick to the Spurs for the Marcus Aldridge. No, they, they should definitely pick Wiseman. They That's should such a win, Wiseman. Now, they, win now move. Mm-hmm. They should pick Wiseman, but, but they won't. Or they, they will. They need to. They probably won't make the trade for Aldridge. Well, but like if they, I was going to say, if they do trade for... Aldridge. I don't know if Aldridge like I don't know if I'm convinced that Aldridge is that much better than Wiseman is as a young player. Like well, I mean, maybe not com- as a maybe as a rookie he'll they're be definitely polar better. opposites in terms of player like thing cuz I know Aldridge is 6-11, Wiseman 7-1. Aldridge is the ultimate I am a shooter, I am finesse, I don't jump. I'm a big guy who plays fundamentally and Wiseman is I am currently a 7 foot 1 yeah. rim runner yeah. who is fast, strong, great timing on blocks, great rebounder, great low post offensive player and, and he's also developing a mid-range to a three-point jump shot and i feel like they need that more than they need another shooter they do and if steph and clay start to get old then you can start leaning on your big man who might end up being you know a star a, i saw one thing um my roommate sent me a text today that said some big uh analyst compared him to a 7-1 chris bosh hmm. which would be insane, insane. Yeah. Because Chris Bosch was the modern version of an NBA center back in 2009. You take that and you apply that to James Wiseman, who's big, strong, because Chris Bosch was a little weak. Like he, was, he wasn't physically strong. Like he was determined. He was a tough guy. But physically, he was a little bit on the smaller side. Wiseman's not small. Wiseman's a giant. And if he develops to what his potential could be, which is easily that, whew, watch out. Yeah. Like Watch the Warriors out. with Wiseman, right? Their starting five would have three future Hall of Famers. Yep. A guy that's been he's never actually been an all star, but he's been an all star contention pretty much every year of his life. And then arguably the best big man in the draft. Or not even arguably, the but definitely the, the best, best big, big man, big in, man the in the draft. Yeah. And I think that, that lineup is just so that good. lineup is stellar because then like instead of having like Kavon like dude, look what they did with Festus Ezeli and Kavon Looney. Those guys are championship winning centers because of the Warriors. You take yeah. James Wiseman, who is a 7-1 Clint Capella at worst. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. And like they've never had a good big man with Steph and Clay exactly. since they've been there. And Kevon Looney and Festus Azili have always gotten the job done. Most Bates, you know, he was a three point shooter, so he didn't really fit into that discussion. Yeah. He got the job done. He was done. the Marcus Aldridge, but exactly. A little David bit worse. West got the job done. You take James Wiseman, he's going to do more than get the job done. He's going to overachieve. And Andrew Wiggins, as much as people like to harp on him, I love too as well. He is very, he's still good. There's a reason the dude like averages like 20 points a game. He's still good. Yeah. Like, his three-point shooting is the best. As he's, the third or fourth option, yeah. he's going to be so much better. And they won a championship with Harrison Barnes at the small forward. He's he's kind of better than Harrison Barnes, if a you ask bit. me. I, he's I, more athletic. In shooting, they're about the same. Like Harrison Barnes on the Warriors, I think it's definitely... I don't even think it's an arguable that Andrew Wiggins is better than Barnes yeah. on the Warriors. Barnes took a little bit of a step forward once he went to the Mavericks, and then now small the Kings. Small step. And on the Kings, yeah. he's yeah. taking a big even, Well, on the Kings, he's taking a step back because he didn't play. That's true. And with the Kings, I don't know what the heck they're doing. They they broke up the whole franchise, the whole front office. You know, they've got Marvin Bagley, but I've heard reports that he's actually not seven foot like everyone told me. He's actually <laughs> six eight. Isn't uh and, didn't Divox step down? Oh uh, yeah, Vladdy Divox stepped down. They hired someone else, and I I don't think they fired Luke Walton yet, but Luke Walton's an idiot. You know, they need to trade Buddy Heald and get back picks for him because if they're not going to use Buddy Heald, well, unless they re-sign, like if they don't re-sign Bogdan Bogdanovich, then they should probably keep Buddy Heald. Yeah. But they're still going to consider trading him no matter what happens. Um, they love like for some reason they loved Bogdan Bogdanovich. You know, he's good, but he's not great. Well, De'Aaron but- Fox looks good, but their backup point guards are Frank Mason the third and Yogi Ferrell. The Kings, like just from top down, don't make any sense, right? Yeah. Like the. Buddy Heald is really good. Stellar. He's but maybe their best player. I mean, I'd say probably second or third best behind De'Aaron Fox and well, maybe Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley doesn't play, so we can't know if he, like, when he does play, he's dominant. But and he Harry play. Giles, by that case, too. Well, yeah, Giles plays. Giles plays now, but he's not whatever. Well, everyone with Giles was like, oh, he could be really good or he could be nothing. And But he's always injured. And now it's like, well, he's nothing. But, yeah. I mean, people forget, yeah. though. He was the higher-ranked recruit that Duke got that year mm-hmm. with Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. And Giles was the number one, I yes. think, recruit in the whole class, wasn't he? Yes, but like he also missed like his last year of high school because of an injury. Yeah, and, the, and he's always hurt. He missed Duke because of an injury. But anyway, my he point got is, Buddy Heald is really good, and they just refuse to start him. Which them because they're like, oh, it's he's better off the bench. No, he's not. He's, he's not better Manu in, Ginobili. He's better in the starting lineup. Here's the thing. They say he's better off the bench. They don't play him starter minutes. You know what they did with yeah. Manu? They played him starter minutes. You know, with Buddy Heald, they played him 16, 17 minutes a game. He'd still get him 18 points. Yeah, you look at all the like good guards that are like better off the bench, right? Lou yeah. Will, James Harden, Manu Ginobili. They yeah, right, yeah. They they played them all more minutes than pretty much exactly. anyone else on the team. And then James Harden, guess what happened to him? He became a star, yeah. not a starter, a star. Yes. He is the best offensive talent in the league right and now. Lou will all I mean, time. He's up there too. He's, he is up there all be. time. And like in terms of production, like he is similar like percentages to Kobe Bryant. And Lou will pretty much any team in the league if he said, "Hey, I want to start." Like, literally, like, yes, he, sir. he tells the teams <laughs> he wants to come off the bench so he can win sixth man of the year. Exactly. And he does it, and he dominates in his role. He exceeds in his role. And with Buddy Heald, yeah, he's exceeding in his role, but he deserves more than that role. Yeah, he's, he's better, better than, than that. that. He's not a bench guy. He is a starter. He is a stud. I loved him in Oklahoma. Sure, he's like, he's old. That's his yeah, problem. He's like 27 already, He's right? 27, but that was because, like, I think he went to college late and then didn't get his start until his senior year. But he is an absolute stud. You know, he's really good right now. He is a win-now guy. And he will be a win-now guy for the next six years. Yeah. 
and because like his his really play good. style too. It, exactly, it translates. It's like Clay Thompson, right? Where yeah. it'll translate pretty well. Yeah, it'll translate. He's, older. he's a little bit more of like a he's more athletic. Cre- he's but he's less. more athletic than Clay, less defensively inclined, but he like can create his own shot as well. Yeah. Which is like it provides you know benefits. I'd still rather have Clay because Clay is you know arguably the second greatest shooter of all time. To quote Vladdy Dibok when they drafted oh, him, he's tall like Clay and shoots like Steph. You remember that quote? No, I don't. But I yeah, that's Divac. what they said it out of our head because it's an un, it's an unmemorable quote because Lottie no, Divac is unmemorable. Yeah, like I, I still love that comparison. <laughs> he said uh, he's tall like Clay and shoots like Steph. It just whatever. I don't like Vlade. I hope they fire Luke Walton as head coach. Um, you know, because it's just that that whole situation is dumb to me. Um, today news came out: the Lakers are interested in trading Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green for Demar Derozan. Um, I don't know. Like, I think obviously, if they offer, if that is the trade they said it would work out money wise, then it would I don't know if the Spurs take that. I mean, maybe. Well, I mean, if I'm the Spurs, I take that immediately because Demar Derozan so. is not a good three point shooter, and he has kind of been like hard. Like he's That's fair. he has been bringing the team down per se, but he's not building them up either. He's yeah. keeping them below the standard point. You'd need more value. Like you'd probably want to get more value back for him, but and he's not quite as good. But Lonnie Walker's been taking strides. Like Lonnie finally, Walker now that he's is back. so good. He's not quite as good. He's not DeMar DeRozan level yet, but he could get there. He could get there. And the thing with the Spurs is that they've got a young core that's really good. They've got Lonnie Walker. They've got DeJounte Murray. They've got these guys that are young studs. Yeah, and Kyle Kuzma would fit right in, too. Like a young exactly. player that has potential to grow. And I think if anyone can make him a disciplined, good player, it'd be Greg it's Popovich. Greg Popovich, which there are questions as to whether or not how long he's going to be around. I think he's going to get them back to the playoffs and then hand it off to one of his assistants. Whether it's Buck, uh, Becky Hammond or Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan actually stepped down from full-time coaching today. Really? He announced that he doesn't want to be a full-time coach anymore. Oh, wow. Actually, it's funny you say that because I was going to bring that up. He uh, basically, I think, decided he was he liked it better when he was just a consultant. That's like, He would come in and teach people how to do stuff. But, yeah, he stepped down after only a year of assistant coaching. So it would be Becky Hammond in line to yeah. take over if they have someone in-house. I mean, Becky Hammond is a good coach. Like, she's proved that, like... Popovich was letting her coach in the bubble, and she, like I think they won the game. Like they didn't win many games, but when she coached, they looked good. Like yeah. they didn't look like any different than when Popovich was out there because Becky runs the same system as Pop does because it's a good system. Why would you change it? You know. And I think it'd be really cool. The first mm-hmm. she'd be the first female she head would. coach in any of the four like major American sports. Right? Yes, she would. And also, there's a big point with that is that he's. The theory, the going theory is he's going to try and make either offseason moves, acquisitions, something like that, and then make sure the team gets to the playoffs. Then she's going to take over because he doesn't want her to inherit a losing team because yeah. everyone's just going to blame her. The Texans did that. The Texans blamed the female. Did you see that? Yeah, she was like in PR. She um, was like, it was, she said, they, uh, the quote was, she doesn't fit the culture we want to, like, but we have. They literally fired like the only woman on their staff. Yeah, and she she was the PR person for the Texans. She doesn't even involved in like the culture that much. And the crazy thing was, I've never seen such a universal like surge of people coming oh, together and being like, "She's amazing." Yeah, she's literally like, uh, apparently she's like stellar at her job. Yeah, and they just said, mm, "We don't want you here." It's like why? And the the boiled down answer is probably she's a um, female, Amy Palkik. Yes, she apparently That's like dude, I have heard I saw a million tweets describing how good she was and how perfect at her job she was. Yeah, and so it's crazy because she's going to get offered a million jobs right away. Yeah, she's, she needs to. She deserves them. 
but I, I don't mean obviously I don't know that much about the Texans, but I've never seen a team fire someone like that and then just get immediately blasted yeah. so hard. And it just seems that the Texans are one of those organizations, kind of like the Kings, where everything they do is just why did you do this? Everything they do is wrong. Like yes. And it's like, just impressive that people can be in power in teams like that and still manage to mess up every single decision. Exactly. They thought the bit they thought the scary man was gone when they fired Bill O'Brien, but it's like it's, it's still the problems in the like the front office still. Like the owners got problems. Deshaun Watson is going to hate it there if he doesn't already hate it there. You know, Will Fuller has already said he's gone. Brandon Cooks is probably not gonna stay. David Johnson's an old man. He's not gonna do anything. Their old line is garbage. JJ Watts out after this year. Yeah. Like what do you have? You have nothing. You have thrown away every opportunity that has been presented to you. You had arguably the best receiver in the NFL. You traded him. For peanuts. For literal, like, David Bag Johnson rocks. was Bag. good five <laughs> years ago. What are you doing? And it's just, it, it frustrates me so much, but... Don't be frustrated, don't Matt. Um, what is it called? The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Nets are building something hilarious right now. Back to basketball. Hilarious. Yeah, because um, I saw that they were... Um, who was it that they were talking about picking up? They hired Steve Nash. They hired Amari Stoudemire. I think they also hired Mike D'Antoni as a backup. Um, there was there was trade talks of a big man today as well. That, oh, really? I haven't heard about that. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm. This was actually interesting to me. Um, yes, the Brooklyn Nets hired Mike D'Antoni. Uh, and the important thing about this, for those of you who didn't know, the Seven Seconds or Less Suns, was Mike D'Antoni was the head coach of the Seven Seconds or Less Suns, the Phoenix Suns back in the mid-2000s. Steve Nash was the point guard. Amari Stoudemire was the big man. And Mike D'Antoni was the head coach. So they've got the three main pieces from the Seven Seconds or Less Suns on the coaching staff of the Brooklyn Nets. This is about to be one of the most exciting offensive teams we have They're seen. They're going to get butts in the seats, and that's all that really matters. Well, I mean, um, well, well, not two really, years, but, maybe. Yeah. It was Al Horford, by the way, that I saw really? today. It was like a rumor for, I mean, it wasn't like a big thing. It was just kind of, mm-hmm. oh, keep your eyes on This might be a thing. Obviously, they'd well, have to get rid of Jared Allen. They'd have to get, well, they'd have to get rid of a big contract. Jared, Jared on like, Allen. He's on like a medium sized contract, isn't he? Um, I thought he was on like an 11 million a year deal. It'd be like a sign and trade, I think. But. I mean, it would have. It would have Pete to be Allen, but... and then I think um, maybe it was Dinwiddie as well. Oh, but... okay, Dinwiddie would have to go. Yeah, but um, what is anyway, it so then their starting lineup would be Kyrie, mm-hmm. uh, then whoever their shooting guard would be. It'd be Karis, Karis LeVert, yeah, That'd Kevin Durant, Al Horford, and then DeAndre Jordan would be their starting five, or push Jordan to the bench and have Horford as their five, and then have like Rodion's Kurich. I Dinwiddie. would, I would do that because I. I don't like Al Horford as a power forward anymore. Yeah, he's, he's too old. You look at the last time he was good; it was when he was like the cent, the, the lone big man. Yeah. And honestly, I hope that he doesn't like. I hope the Nets don't make that trade because like, they're just saddling themselves with Al Horford for the next four years. And I already really like what they have going. As do I. I think that they could use like a couple more forwards. Like someone I was talking to today actually brought that up with me, where they have no forwards on the roster besides Rodion's Kurucs and Torian Prince. But Torian Prince hates it there. He wants mm-hmm. to have a bigger role, but no one wants him to have a bigger role because he's bad. Yeah. Rodion's Kurugs aggravates me to no end because he doesn't do anything. And they don't have many other forwards besides that. I mean, Theo Pinson is listed as small forward, but he's 6'5. He's a small guy. Yeah. Joe he's Harris small forward, is a ah, funny. Joe Harris is a shorter, you know, he's a guard forward. Yeah. You know, very good shooter. He needs to start, I think. So I think it would be 
actually Kyrie Karras, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, and uh, DeAndre Jordan or Jared Allen, whichever one you want to start. But that is all the time that we have today. So, yeah. Hey. Episode 10, I remember this time. Usually Ooh. I forget and try to play off like it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Double digits. We said it. Yeah. We made it to double digits. But anyway, so yeah, thanks for long- listening. Everyone. Thanks. Thank you all so much for watching. We look forward to being able to do this for a long time. But We're just getting started. It has been fun. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now is the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.